This is Ask an Educator. Welcome to Ask an Educator. I'm Hashim Pipkin, and this episode features Kate Tonai, one of our teacher ambassadors and the academic technology specialist for Santa Clara County Office of Education in California. Take a listen as she describes how micro-credentials are helping her improve her district's culture of validated learning and educator recognition. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Kate. Yes. Hey, it's Hashim. How are you? I'm doing really well. All right, so let's let's dive right in with um, admittedly uh, a big question. So why did you become an educator? Why did you find yourself in um, the K-12 space? Well, I mean, in second grade, I had an amazing, in second grade, I realized I wanted to be a teacher and it was kind of always like a goal of mine, I think, because I like, I was good in school. So I liked the idea of being in school and um, I'm kind of by nature a helper. And uh, so being a teacher is a sort of really natural fit for me. Um, and then uh, after I graduated um, with my master's degree, I, I moved out to New York City, and I had a pretty rough go at teaching. I taught um, at, at the continuation high school in New York City for a year, um, survived it, and, and stuck with the profession. And in 2010, I had a student, a seventh-grade student, who um, was and still is a gifted um, technologist. He, he just came with such a hunger, a real authentic curiosity about web design and coding. And, in, and this was before people were talking about it. And I was teaching history and I wasn't even sure what to do with it all. But I was excited. I knew I, I, knew I was excited and he was excited. And he was able to find a fit with his peers because of this gift. And I capitalized on it because I saw that he had a gift I didn't have. And so... Um, I watched this child um, go through the tumultuous middle school years with a place and a purpose through technology. And I thought, wow, that's really exciting and important. And as someone who also struggled through middle school, I was like, God, I want to give that to more kids. And then I realized um, I could actually give, I could actually get it to more kids by giving it to teachers, still doing um, academic tech support but doing it now for 32 school districts, so over 12,000 teachers and impacting the lives of over 300,000 students. It definitely sounds like that was the goal. I mean, it sounds that like your trajectory um, definitely wanted to land you in this type of position where you can merge that the, the ways technology can spur and um, quicken the learning that happens in classrooms um, because of that experience you had as a middle school teacher. So, you know, this position um, at the county level definitely makes sense, um, which really leads nicely to the next question, which is, you know, when you think about your day to day at Santa Clara, uh, how would you describe how would you describe it, right? What What are some of the major priorities you have daily? What are some of your overarching goals? How do you interact with, you know, stakeholders, the educators you're helping to support, um, student touch points? Just walk me through a day-to-day in um, your life at Santa Clara County. 
Okay, well, as you imagined, from month to month, from um, conference season to conference season, things change. Um, but I would say on a, on a regular day when we're not inundated with prep for conferences or big shareouts, um, there's a lot of research and collaboration that goes into our work because our team of three, um, Martin Cisneros, Karen Larson, and myself, um, under the guidance of our director, Craig Blackburn, um, we work as a team to actually write and design all of our micro-credentialed courses. Um, so we are constantly um, looking for um, the, those aha resources and moments that, that strike us as like, wow, that is powerful. How can we capture that and package it in a digestible learning chunk and put it into a micro course to share that out? Um, whereas I would say a year ago, our focus was like, how can, you know, we have a face-to-face -face event coming up, or a face-to-face -face training at one of our school districts. And often we would be asked to focus on a tool or a set of tools. Um, what, we're, what we've shifted to now is being at the forefront of that and rather than um, focusing solely on kind of a request produce model, we're really looking at what's hot. We research out topics, what's hot around us, what are the needs of our stakeholders um, based on the conversations we have or just, you know, sometimes it's just based on pure curiosity on our part. Um, and, and then we package it. And so we're composing courses, we're grading, we're giving a lot of personal feedback, which takes a lot of time, um, but it is absolutely the one integral piece of transitioning to this online teaching model for professional learning that cannot be overlooked. Um, so we spent, we spent a lot of time crafting our online teaching voices. Um, and and we, like, like I said at the beginning, we're collaborating on a regular basis. So um, a lot of check-ins, a lot of calibration across projects to make sure that our courses offer our learners similar experiences. Like we have a style guide and we have frameworks that we issue. So, I mean, it's clear that you, your particular role and then the team you're probably a part of, you know, are definitely concerned with the professional learning of those in the classroom in Santa Clara. But I'm really interested in how you um, would fit your own professional learning in your day-to-day -day before micro-credentials. So before you discovered micro-credentials as someone outside of the classroom and kind of supporting PD at this meta level, how would you mm -hmm. find the time to pursue your own professional development? God, that seems like a horrible lifetime ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I would say before, um, I got super turned on to my first credentials. Um, I got really turned on to webinars. And I think it kind of speaks to your question because I realized um, I didn't, I was so consumed with learning my curriculum and, and and designing really interactive experiences for my students, but I couldn't devote extra time to earning these credentials. I didn't have the bandwidth being, you know, a young teacher and not knowing, um, and having a young family and not knowing really how to how to even balance my Monday through Friday with grading and planning. Um, but webinars were the first time when I when I participated in these webinars that I realized 
wow, I could do this and eat my lunch at the same time. And that was a really, that was a game changing moment for me. So you, you, I mean, it's a really cool phrase when you say I was able to eat my lunch and, you know, engage in this webinar at the same time, you know, this, that, that, that type of ability to grow professionally, but still do it on your own time is so key as an educator. And Mm -hmm. yet a lot of professional learning really has not, you know, shifted where that, that is a, Mm-hmm. A, a feature. So how was after that webinar, what, what was the, I guess, internal conversation you had with yourself um, to really start zoning in on what you knew you needed to professionally grow? Well, the webinar offered me an opportunity to grow informally and so did Twitter. Um, but I knew that if I wanted to proceed in my career to be a teacher leader in a TOSA role or coordinated role, I knew that the system required some sort of formal acknowledgement of that growth. Um, and again, this is before micro-credentials. I think micro-credentials are a really important solution to that problem. Um, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, we're getting there. But since micro-credentials weren't an option, that's why I pursued the Boise State certificate program. And that, that allowed me to put something on my resume that said to any school district who was looking to hire me, hey, she's committed. She has an expertise. She's gone through a program. X marks the spot, you know? Um, and I wish at that time there, I would have had the ability to participate in a, this type of on-demand learning that you're talking about where I could actually pursue nano curiosities and get recognition for it and put it in a, in a digital backpack and show it off. Um, Cause I think that was then even more powerful than me. I wouldn't, I, there was one course I had to take um, with at the time. I really, I kind of invented it because I felt like there's no, there's not a place for this, but it was all on HTML and CSS. And I'm like, I'm not a web designer. I'm not going to use it. And I told my professor this and he said, trust me, this is going to be valuable, and I trust it. And I have so many times been grateful for having that experience. Um, but I wouldn't pursue that on my own. So there's a part of me that knows that formal education guided by wise professors is very valuable. But my credentials guided by those same wise professors that allow me to choose my path is really powerful as well. And I guess now let's just pivot to micro-credentials explicitly um, and mm-hmm. have you walk me through your, your, your experience with them. So how did you learn about micro-credentials and what was or was there a contributing kind of challenge or question you were seeking to solve or get closer to solving by earning a micro-credential? I actually um, purchased in an ISTE Ignite session. I, I did one on 18 digital badges that every teacher ready or 21st century teacher should earn. I think that was the title. And, um, and I thought, wow, I could actually kind of set the bar of expectations. And this is when I was um, still in the classroom, but I could, I could set the bar for expectations that have been really a game changer for me. So one that I created was your 1,000th tweet and your 250th follower. And I said, if you were in this 
you're in the badge, micro-credential, I didn't call it that, but if you're in the badge, this shows that you're an invested member of a professional learning network, and that means X, Y, and Z. Um, another one was um, the badge was open, uh, hosting open house with laptops because you do so much digital work with your students, you couldn't possibly print it out. So really, I, my first stab at it was super informal and I really, really um, based on just what I was prioritizing and what I was seeing as changing events in my life as a teacher. Um, and then when I was at the district level and able to do things a little bit more substantially, um, I did. I did a little bit more, but it didn't really catch until I was here at the county office and the team that I worked on was super excited and we um, have a standing relationship with the University of the Pacific. So what I uncovered was the ability to back all of our true micro-credentials up with university credit and that was the game changer. Talk to me about a specific micro-credential you earned. Um, what what was it? <laughs> um, what what type of learning experiences did you participate in to gather that evidence? And then what was the the outcome? How did you see differences in your your practice, whether that be mindsets you developed or actual kind of practices that you were able to um, do? in real time um, as a result of earning that micro-credential? Um, let's see. I feel like I write and design more micro-credentials than I earn. <laughs> 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 I'm so busy creating for others. Well, okay, so to speak to your question, I think the power of this notion of a micro-credential is that it's competency-based, so it's super active learning. Um, and as we design all of ours, we consider what what tasks, what meaningful tasks could we um, ask our learners to complete that would show a specific proficiency. And focusing on a proficiency-based model of learning, um, I think is really respectful of the learner's time. So, um, like encouraging these teachers by saying, hey, we know that you have some of these skills. We know you already know how to use this tool or you understand this pedagogical approach or you're already participating in global learning activities. Like, we get it. Informally, you're doing it. Let us help you tell your story by attaching a micro-credential to it. Um, because I think that is, is what's really powerful about all the digital promise micro-credentials, all the... All the um, different agencies that are participating in this and the different county offices that are taking a stab at this is that we are, we are celebrating our learners and the teachers, and then we're helping administrators understand the capacity they have on their site. And I think that's really exciting um, for an administrator to say, okay, we have this event coming up. We need this skill set. Who has earned X badge or Y badge and actually be able to go to their staff and, and find that out. I think um, that's where my heart starts to skip a beat because, you know, what, that's, a huge, that's a huge need with administrators and teachers is, is just keeping their pulse on what people are learning when and, and where and how. So um, I think you nailed it when you opened your, your, your response 
with the the fact that micro credentials are competency based. Um, and so far as you know, when you're having these conversations with school leaders and whoever about what teachers are quote learning, because micro credentials are competency based, you have a bit more evidence, right? A bit more corroboration around what teachers are actually going to be able to do because of what they learn, um, which is so powerful um, as opposed to, well, these teachers have set through a K through five writing across disciplines workshop. So I guess they can lead, you know, a brainstorming session. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to happen in this hypothetical uh, context anymore. It, it's only able to happen because of the stake we put in the ground around micro credentials that they are competency based. Great. So let's bring it on home with a uh, probably as ambitious a question um, as the one we started with, which is what is your biggest hope for what micro credentials can do for educators and the profession as a whole? Um, my hope for K-12 micro credential earners um, is that we earn so many micro credentials from so many amazing institutions and organizations that the state starts the that the credentialing body of the state start to see this micro learning as incredibly valuable and responsive, transferable to any um, industry or any position. So that's my hope. That's my hope that the state yeah. that we can organize ourselves that we can. Excellent thoughts and. Um... We we all know that it's many moving parts that are really going to mm-hmm. um, be necessary to to get this get this to the level that we know it can can be. Thanks so much for joining us on Ask an Educator. See you next time.